When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. I'm Andy King from Real Rock, from Rock and Roll Pantheon. And I'm Thomas Howarth from the Crit Stormcast. And welcome, guys. Andy, you're coming back for your second day. Thanks for being with us again. Oh, oh it's my pleasure, man. Yeah. It's always fun to hang out with you. Thank you very much. You too. And uh, Thomas, you're on for the first time and should be back with us tomorrow. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a last minute thing. And I'm glad to jump in here and see what we can talk about. Yeah. And we are talking about uh, Minute 23 here on Wednesday. It starts with William continuing his praise and ends with William backstage recording Jeff pontificate about rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, so I love how the band is... Is, now are they are they pretending here not to like him or are they just like because the sudden switch is is interesting to me well after he after he tells them like how much like i'm not just a critic or i'm not just a writer or whatever i'm an actual fan here's why and then he you know he gushes over him for a few minutes you know now it's like you know it's like if somebody tells you your podcast rules yeah, yeah, you're not gonna think they're a douche because you know you're you're like into them now. Like, well, you're awesome. You've got good taste. You appreciate my artistic <laughs> merit. Yeah, which which version of incendiary do you think is the correct one? <laughs> the last one where he overpronounces yeah. it. Incendiary. <laughs> that was my favorite. What I what I think at the first in, in one is I think he's saying incendiary with it more like it with an I in the second syllable. Yeah, and the next so, one's like incendiary. So he, he realizes, oh crap! I just said that wrong in front of these really uh, cool guys. So in modern vernacular, you'd be, basically be saying they're lit. <laughs> <laughs> lit AF. Yeah, lit AF. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and really, that's that's that incendiary is really just for Russell's guitar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because Jeff I mean, is like, hey, wait, man. Hey, I'm incendiary, I'm incendiary too. too. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, might as well get this out in the open. I haven't seen this movie before. I've seen yeah. these minutes only, which mm-hmm. makes this a little more interesting. And now I'm going to have to go watch the rest of the movie. But, yeah. Um, I saw in the breakdown these writing for uh, Rolling Stone magazine, but right now he's holding up cream. Is this like his start 
he starts out writing for cream right. and then moves on to there. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. I, I was even kind of mentioning that, uh, giving a little spoiler away, unfortunately for mm-hmm. later in the movie, um, that, uh, that, uh, Rolling Stone does come a calling and he gets that, the gig to, he gets the gig to go be with Stillwater here. Um, who he's not really here for right now. He's okay. just getting, he's just gotten, getting into the door, um, because he, um, heaps some, praise onto them shows shows them that as we said you know he he is a fan and not just a critic cool um, but he was actually here for uh, black sabbath gotcha. he was given that as an assignment by uh, lester bangs the uh, a real person the the most the most uh the most time given i think to any real person in this movie the most screen time most most lines mm-hmm. there's some there's some views of some other other uh, rock stars and coming up a little bit later in the movie, but cool. And actually, during this very minute, we have a real person saying a couple, few lines. Um, Red Dog, the legendary Red Dog, played by Zach Ward. Nice. Yeah, this this beginning scene, I like how he he's laying on this praise, and it almost seems like it's falling on completely deaf ears, and he's so dejected by it. He, he uh-huh. takes the long. You know, the long walk up the, <laughs> the short path there just to be called back. Yeah, yeah, they didn't, they, they seemed a little stunned by that, that uh, he he is something of a fan after all. <laughs> you almost imagine, like, after he turns his back and we can't see him, they're all doing, like, a little huddle or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> Gee, believe this. hey, wait, 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 come back, come back. <laughs> wait a minute, guys, I think he's all right. <laughs> he's not an arc. He's lit. He's lit AF. <laughs> he's lit AF. <laughs> I feel corny even using that phrase. I know. I, know. <laughs> it's so I have to use it sarcastically, or else. It doesn't yeah, I, it, yeah <laughs> I, I think in that in that vernacular, it would be like, "No, that guy's pretty groovy." Yeah. So they're having this this super hard time even getting in the door themselves, and they're apparently <laughs> some of the talent. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, um, Thomas, he he already had a hard time going up against this uh, this uh, backdoor bouncer type okay. guy. Um, a couple a couple times getting him to open the door, but not uh, allowing him in. And then then there were even these. Uh, um, so so the 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 one person you'll see at the end of next minute kind of uh, yeah penny lane kate hudson um it's her saying that she'll see hopefully get him a pass and probably i guess come back out through this door to him waiting i guess was the idea (laughs) to give him the pass but that doesn't end up happening because he is able to get in with still water gotcha um and, and as i was saying uh so there's a scene inside then um with with uh this legendary red dog and at, at this time is also a point when the yes song that's been playing roundabout. Yeah. It actually fades out real quick and, and uh, it starts another, a different yes song. <laughs> I've seen all good people. <laughs> it's a great, great transition too. Cause the second that song started playing, I was, I was right on board with where they were and what they were, okay. what they're like the time frame and yeah. Mm-hmm. Set the mood perfectly for coming in here. And then it's also at this point when, when, when we're seeing Red Dog and he is, you know, he and um, Russell 
um, are are saying hi, hugging from a little bit, you know, starting from a little bit of ways away, I think kind of is the idea. But I think it's like, there, there's that. So there's actually this deleted scene and there is, this is the theatrical cut we're doing here um, versus the like about 42 minute longer um, director's cut called, called uh, something a little different as well called Untitled. Um, that would have been the original uh, name of the movie if Cameron Crowe had had his way. Um, but um, so in the deleted scene, it's just it's just a pretty pretty long extension of this of them having com- some more conversation than than we see here. You know, uh, Red Dog is saying to Russell, "We're here. We're hearing you tomorrow night, man." And Russell's, Russell's yeah, and Red Dog says, "How you doing, brother?" He, he does throw around the word brother, I think, at other points. Yeah. And Red Dog is saying, good to see you. Um, that's, and, and Jeff Jeff apparently like leans over to William and says, that's the Almond Brothers Band's number one roadie. And that, that is the actual truth as to what, who, who, who uh, Red, Dog, Red Dog really was. Like for, you know, multiple, like multiple decades, at least two, if not maybe three or more. Right. Um. So then possibly Russell saying is saying, how are the guys? And Red Dog says, having a ball, man, having a ball. Yeah, you know we are 40. We have an Almond Brothers band party, man. Everybody's boogieing. Everybody's getting off. It's like family, man. And then he's he's showing a tattoo on his arm. He says, hey, we got these now. <laughs> so apparently a bunch of <laughs> roadies or Almond Brothers band members or something. I'm not totally sure. You know, got these tattoos. He says, check that out. You can taste the color with your mind, brother. You all gonna, y'all gonna be in Maryland tonight? Or, uh, right. Y'all gonna be in Maryland, right? Russell says, yeah. Red Dog says, all right. <laughs> Dick, Dicky, and then, then kind of mumbling, Dicky and Greg send you love, boy. And they say, take it, take it easy to each other. That is a hell of a lot of drug and Al- Almond Brothers yeah. <laughs> references in like one scene. <laughs> just in case anybody didn't get the point, let's just <laughs> nail that it. home. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I, I, don't, uh, I don't have anything to add. I don't think you can add. Oh, more. It, was, it was Cameron Crowe in that um, as a you know the uh, way he uh, wanted the movie. Yeah, he was just, he was just hammering home that. Uh, he was talking dog. about the almonds. Yeah, the almonds uh, and and this connection. They're hanging out with Jessica and Melissa. You know, <laughs> they're like throwing down every reference they can. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Dwayne's a midnight rider himself. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm out of Almond Brothers references. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and, and so then another um, thing about Red Dog is his real name is the guy's real name is was uh, Joseph L. Campbell, and I'm okay. pretty sure I'll just double check, but I do believe he's he has passed away by now. I assume yes, 2011, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, all those old roadies and tour managers—they have like the best stories, mm-hmm. you know, because. They kind of watch from the wings a lot of times the mm-hmm. show, but then we're like right there deep in the party, and so like anytime I on uh, our show uh, 
deeper digs in rock we've we've talked to several roadies and tour mm-hmm. managers and and they've always got like just these crazy fucked up stories that are and they don't remember half of them so <laughs> you get the beginning of a tons of it's so it, it's it's like really so awesome and uh the guy who does that show christian he he really like he'll stay with him the whole time and just like and I don't know how he does it. It's just one of those masterful things where, like, by the end of it, you're like, I, I think I got the whole story. I don't know how the hell that happened. <laughs> well, and I would kind of think that, you know, the stories from roadies, you know, that, you know, if, like, a band com- is comprised of, say, four members like this one is, you know, I mean, they're they're probably, you know, getting the feel as to what's kind of what each each of the four band members are doing throughout you know, say the whole day, night, what have you. Um, you know, whereas each of the band members, you know, they, they don't, they're, they're actually doing these things. <laughs> right. Um, you know, whether it's uh, sex, drugs, or rock and roll. Right. Um, and so, I, you know, even though he's might be only has half the stories on, on these multiple things, it's still multiple things. So it's going to be a little more, uh, uh, contain a little bit more than uh, what uh, any one band member can tell you, can remember, yeah, or want to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think the recent uh, biopics that we've seen, and I'm not going to point fingers at Bohemian Rhapsody, tell us that like if a rock band wants to tell you a sanitized version of their history, yeah. they can. <laughs> and usually, there's a very, very good reason for it. <laughs> Yeah, the roadies typically don't give a shit. So, yeah, if you want to talk about cocaine parties, you go to the roadie. Yeah. Um, and and then you know, and you're talking about sanitized. I mean, well, this is this is a movie that's coming from Cameron Crowe, or this rock journalist critic, um, who became you know a, a you know a, a screenwriter and then director, too. But um. You know, and I think I think he he keeps things awfully, you know, sanitized as well. Um, because, he does. You know, he, he, he's he, got a lot of friends in the industry still. I mean, heck, we even have Peter Frampton <laughs> that's involved with this movie <laughs> in writing writing some of these songs and so forth that are originals. And yes. Peter Frampton drank my friend's water at a table read for this movie. <laughs> that is a true story. Okay, wow. Mm. Um. My, I have a friend who played That's the pilot. The, right, the pilot. Yep. And uh, he's like, Peter Frampton just drank my water during a, and and I was like, well, did you keep the water bottle? He's like, no, I don't like. I don't want his germs. I don't want Peter Frampton's germs. <laughs> who knows he's what he's bright. caught over the years? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, uh, Cameron Crowe. He he's definitely sanitized kind of like what the rock scene was to mm-hmm. an extent, but you're also seeing it like through his eyes as he's still a child. Right. Um oh yeah. And like how would a you know, how would a child see this, you know, who grew up with like the type of mother he had mm-hmm. and not exactly, you know, videos of people shooting up or you know <laughs> So, so he wouldn't like necessarily know that or know how to process that. So, 
you know, maybe it's not so much sanitized as just an innocent view. And I think those are two different things. Right. So we're seeing this through the narrator's point of view, kind, yeah. you know, kind of mm-hmm. the sanitation happens in his own head. Yeah. And it's just, you know, he's innocent and he's naive pretty much the whole movie. I mean, that's kind of the, his arc as a character. So in writing it, you know, you wouldn't want to tell the story of like, this is, this is what a 15 year old would, would see. And I'm going to write that as a 40 year old man. Right. You you know, cause you're going to, cause even now, I mean, you have your own memories that you can look back on and, like or something your parents did and you're like well that was fucked up but then when you were a kid you were you didn't even think you know dad's just really nice when he smells funny that's all i know (laughs) (laughs) you know and then when you're when then when you grow up you're like dad got real high and played video games with me it was the greatest (laughs) day of my life so I think that's what you see here. Yeah. With with Cameron Crowe and you know, his he's gonna be optimistic because, you know, he's obviously just the biggest rock and roll nerd. And I, and that's like he's more of a nerd than I am. I obsess. <laughs> but he married a he married a Wilson sister, you know. Yeah. So I mean, the, the whole premise of this and I mean, this guy's life story is, is insane. A 15 year old going to get behind the yeah. scenes like this, just somebody even asking him to do that is pretty crazy. Huh. Well, they didn't know he was that, that he, they thought he was much older. Okay. And he was just bullshitting his way. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the way it works out later on here with, with Rolling Stone. Yeah. It, it's certainly uh something there there's definitely this deception <laughs> at play um and, and even here at the beginning i mean no one virtually no one except for penny has has um or w- will be um shortly here that will be coming up next week a scene where they're talking about each of their ages with each other and and so she's you know she's definitely one that gets clued in and i wouldn't be surprised if you know with the stuff that later happens you know, if if she kind of clues in the other band aids, yeah, who, who are for for you, Thomas? They're the, they're the other groupies. I, f- I figured yeah. that out. There's a whole little whole little thing from last week where he calls them groupies and they take great offense. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Which is it, it's funny. Like we call them whenever we talk or whenever we breach the uh, subject of groupie. Like outside of Pamela DeBar, who openly embraces the term, okay. uh, the rest of us call we use the phrase "muses." Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, that's that's the way it was explained earlier. Kind of, or was that was that term used earlier, or it's coming up later? Dude. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, we started using it because the the show "Muses" and stuff. And um, that's that's how they referred to it. So we were like, well, we live in an age of self-identification. So that's how you identify. Then we're going to call you that. Uh-huh. So 
but I, but I, I still have Band-Aid in my head because Groupie <laughs> does sound like uh, it's it's like a negative connotation. Yeah. But then when you say like Band-Aid or Muses, you're like, oh, it's not negative. They're just there's awesome there's awesome ladies and dudes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So if we want to move on to th- this other cut that happens, it's it's to. Um, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is the one that's explaining, is talking throughout this, but we see, we also see a little bit of um, Russell um, uh, cleaning his guitar um, and even starting, I think, starting to play at the end of this minute, just a little bit, in a very, very, very lightly in the background, I think. Um, definitely more of that next minute. But, um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing, you know, that I have to say about what Jeff is talking about is, you know, he, he references Pete Townsend. Yeah. And he says, I don't think anyone can really explain rock and roll. Maybe Pete Townsend. But that's okay. I uh, I stole the clip from uh, where he says, uh, I find the one guy that's not getting off and I get yeah, him right. off. <laughs> I, I actually stole that clip in a show about uh, Freddie Mercury when I was trying Ooh. to explain what a front man does. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I had this whole long thing about, like, this is what a front man does. And I was like, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'll let Jason Lee explain. <laughs> and then I just, like, bedded that clip in. Because, I mean, that is just the perfect explanation uh-huh. for a good front man. Not like Scott Stapp or nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, as a first-time viewer, I was really pleased to see Jason Lee here. Uh, I know you guys probably already talked to him about him a lot, but... Uh-huh. I love I love Jason Lee. I love his acting. He's got a, a sarcastic style that really connects with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we actually didn't we didn't really talk about Jason Lee. I think I said that that was the best yeah. role he's ever right. had. But like Jason Lee, fucking rules. And I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll, yeah. I'll die on that hill, man. Because like, <laughs> not even just being a like I'm a huge Kevin Smith nerd, but right. uh, it, and so he's obviously in like all of those movies, but like everything, even like Mumford, nobody's seen Mumford. Huh. Yeah. That's a great movie. I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> no, it check it out. Check it out. It's really good. It's, 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 cool. it's out there, but it's Jason Lee. Well, well the, nice. the, the, my name is Earl during that period. On oh, that TV series. It's such a great show. Such a good show, yeah. man. Be, be, besides, <laughs> besides myself having a, full beard if i had just shaved it at some point <laughs> i i have i have a i have a good picture you know without without having shaved it though but uh looking quite a bit like him <laughs> nice yeah hair hair, hair all askew um i i live in a very small town in north carolina so mm-hmm. my name is earl's almost a documentary for us wow. <laughs> like I, I probably know like fourteen dudes that are exactly like that, and yeah. at least a hundred girls that are like uh, Joy. Mm-hmm. So, some sometimes that show is hard to watch, but it is it is awesome. I was connected with this friend more. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, that guy, Ethan Suplee. Yeah, was, Ethan's yeah, awesome. I can't remember his name. I'm not sure. But that dude lost a lot of weight recently. Yeah, right. He looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully he makes it in the um, Kevin Smith at the time of this uh, recording is is I think in the post production for the is uh, Clerks reboot movie. Oh, cool! 
Um, hopefully he's one of the many other, you know, guests and so forth that they get. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Jason Lee is one as well, but, um, I wonder if they met during Mallrats. I would think Jason so. Lee and him. Yeah, Jason because, Lee. Because, you know, he does the, the sailboat thing. Right. The schooner uh, is a sailboat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't see the fucking boat. <laughs> Damn it, man. I almost had it. Eric, are you doing a mall rats minute? Because I think we're all <laughs> on board for that. It's yeah. already been done. It's, it's a Jay and Silent Bob minute. Yeah, you can go check that out. That's that, and they did the director's cut of that. So oh, nice. if someone wanted to step in, swoop in, and do the theatrical <laughs> of that, I'm sure I'm sure they wouldn't mind because they they had started uh, Clerks, and another podcast also had started Clerks right around the same time. And they were fine with they were they were, they, were, they both kind of, I think I think at least at least one way or the other, um, uh, they appeared on each other's shows. Right, I think. Yeah. Right. I've actually guested several times on with both? the Clerks Minutes guys, yeah, but okay. not with the uh, Jane Silent Bob. No. Yeah, I was on the Mall Rats Minute. Oh, very cool for for, for Jane Silent Bob Minute. Yep, as well. But um, then we get the the last line here: yeah. Rock and roll is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That it is. Very fitting, yes. <laughs> Especially if you're going to live it to this extreme. Some of us never grow out of it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I, I, I fully understand that. I understand that as a line that it is, it's more than just music. I mean, if, if, if rock and roll, if the spirit of it, if it catches you, you you're, you're just, you're hooked and I, I see it now. Like my son is almost, he's nine and he's like mm-hmm. an obsessed Beatles fan. Yeah. And he wrote, all in all, you're just a brick in the wall in his teacher's yearbook. So, <laughs> like, I know he has the the rock and roll spirit and, and he's like carrying on. But, like, I, I got to, it was so awesome for me as a, as a lifelong, you know, rock and roll nerd. It's, it's just awesome for me to see it like sink its hooks into him and mm-hmm. like, oh, the runaways rule, dad. Yes, they do, son. <laughs> and then you got to catch uh... yourself because you don't want to be like, but hey, don't play your music too loud. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have a five-year-old daughter and uh, the first time I got her to headbang to Bohemian Rhapsody, I was like the proudest dad ever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the Muppets Bohemian Rhapsody? No. Oh yeah. Okay, so show your daughter because I yeah. my two year old she has That's to. That's a great way to get this. She, she has to watch that like five times a day. <laughs> nice. And she's like she knows about ninety words and like all of them are from that version <laughs> of Bohemian Perfect. Rhapsody because she can sit there and sing it with you. My daughter's Sh- really into music and. Uh... The other day, I mean, it's not rock exactly, but the other day we're driving down the road, on listening to the radio, and uh, Danger Zone came on, oh. and she just heard and she's like, "Yeah, Danger Zone!" I was like, "She just wow. got it from the first three riffs." I'm so <laughs> proud. <laughs> That's when you gotta stop and buy them some ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a reward that type of behavior, right? <laughs> 
Well, uh, my last note uh, for this minute, we see William, he's trying to follow Jeff. He's he's holding this microphone that is connected to to his tape recorder on a wire, you know, like that used to, things used to have to be back in the seventies. <laughs> um, and, and Jeff is kind of walking away and still talking and William kind of gets jerked back when he reaches his, his limit in these last few, very few seconds. He's trying his, his best to like aim the mic somewhere in his direction as he's yeah. talking. Good stuff. Well, guys, are there any more notes that either you have? Anything you uh, want to further talk about for this minute? I think that's it for me for this minute. Mm-hmm. Andy? No, that's good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay, Um. so I think for both of you, I think we want to just go ahead and hit your plugs. Sure. Um, Andy, if you'd like to go first, tell good people about uh, your, your podcast, and if you want, more, others on your network, too, and so forth. Uh, check us out at uh, uh, com for everything in the Pantheon media. Uh, you can subscribe to my show, uh, specifically Real Rock. I do uh, rock and roll movies. Uh, it's not really conversational based. It's more like many documentaries about mm-hmm. the movies. And uh, I'm not afraid to get real weird with it sometimes. And... I, I've I have one review that was like some somebody said uh, sometimes it's poignant but most of the times I just pee my pants and I was like <laughs> that is the greatest review of anything <laughs> ever. Very cool. I will have to check that out. I I I, I fully recommend the Rockstar episode is the first one everybody oh, should try movie. out. <laughs> Yeah, you won't like my review of it, but you should definitely <laughs> listen to it because if you love that movie, man, I got some stuff we got to talk about. It's it's um, an entertaining movie, I'll say that. I I do an I do an interview with Mark Wahlberg in that episode. Uh Not really. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. So just you have to. It's one of those you have to listen to to actually catch it, and then yeah, you'll like it. Cool. <laughs> Great, and then uh, Thomas. Yeah, uh, well, uh, listeners may know me from my minute-by-minute foray into NeverEnding Story, where we covered, uh, on the NeverEnding Minute, we covered the NeverEnding Story one minute at a time with Tierney Steele. It was quite an adventure. I had some great guests on there. Got to talk to Tammy Stronach herself, um, which who was the childlike empress. And then currently, I'm part of a D&D actual play podcast called Crit Stormcast, where we sit down and we play, we record it, and then I add in music and sound effects, and we give it to you guys for your listening pleasure. It's all pretty funny stuff. To, uh, today, as of recording, our 12th episode came out, and it was, it was pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. So cool. if, you, if you want to find either of those, you can go on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, at never and or at Nev and Min, and at Crit Stormcast for both of those. Uh-huh. Are there any other uh, uh, social medias that you'd you'd want to say, Andy? Uh, find me personally on Facebook, man. I'll be your friend. Just Andy King. I look like a douche. I'm wearing big glasses. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking for me on social media, uh, it's all at the Wookie Libs. 
Yeah. Spell Wookie right. <laughs> I can give out my own little real quick. Uh, at Lucky Mustard on Twitter. You can find me best and from there find uh, some other things I do like uh, Watchmen Minute and Feels Like Weezer. Um, so uh, this should be the end of this minute, I believe. This Wednesday, minute uh, 23. And we'll be back on Friday for minute 24. And I, I believe... I believe Andy, will you will you be out for? Will you be saying goodbye to us? I think, unfortunately, for the next minute. Uh, no, I got six percent, mm-hmm. man. We can keep this rolling. You're, you're okay. Let's okay. Let's do it. Then. All right. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I appreciate it. And yeah, Thomas, you are in in on yeah. this. No, no, no. I'm leaving now. Not yeah. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I I thank you much, gentlemen. And we'll be back on Friday with both these guys uh, for minute twenty four. Until then. It's all happening. It's all happening. happening. (laughs) Awesome. I am a golden god! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.